Yeah, Y'all, did I? <laughs> okay, so someone sent no. me some Iceland <laughs> recommendations, and I'm like going down this list. Tell me why number oh, three when you're in Iceland. was a literal dick museum. Hell yeah. <laughs> And it's like all these different animals and people's penises, like real ones, just hanging yeah. everywhere. Oh, I yeah. feel like I mean, you gotta go. Going to science. That's yeah, what I for said. sure. You gotta go. Oh man! And then you can like listen to the testosterone podcast while you're there. Boom. <laughs> dick, big Penis dick energy. Tests. I'm yeah. about to send yeah. y'all this link. I was like, what? Ah, you can you can keep it to yourself. No, nope. you gotta see it, bro. <laughs> this is for the science. <laughs> Quit playing. Put it in the put it in the intro. Phallus.is. Oh, yes. Uh, please look that's at their great. logo. Please look at the logo. Oh yeah, that's so good. Oh, it's like a flower penis. Nicole, you have to get like some merch there. Yes. Look please. at that. Look at that. Oh my god. These animal penises are disturbing. See the pictures. I'm going to the gallery. I mean, like, have you ever seen like a whale's penis? That shit is no. wild. Bro. Or like that that uh, meme I sent you about the gorilla. Look at the penis. giraffe one. <gasps> what the fuck is a giraffe? One? Look, look at my camera. Look at the thing. Oh, oh no. my god, that's, that's a, a giraffe, giraffe penis. <laughs> that's why they got such long throats, huh? Oh my god, <laughs> uh, you're disgusting. Like not every, Come on, that not was, every you know animal what? is trying to suck. You know penis. what? That was such a good fucking joke, and I'm so upset that it was wasted on YouTube because Buffy just went. Ah, you needed to save that one that's for your bros. So good, come on. Oh my god. Oh, what bro, makes it. someone open a museum like this? I have so many I don't questions. Know. I'm gonna ask the dude. Welcome back to another episode of Health Unfiltered. My name is Nicole, and I am with my two co-hosts, Ro and Brooke. What's up, y'all? What up? Hey. Hi. <laughs> Brooke, She's Brooke like, I'm having herself. an awful She's day. Like, mm, hello, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Just to smile through it's the okay pain. to struggle. It's okay to have a bad day. <laughs> I really made a mistake today. Like, I should have never done the DMV and dealing with Amex card disputes Too on the much. same day. Like, that was a rookie yep. mistake. I should have known better. Yeah. DMV is a whole oh, nother man. level of adulting. I've never had, like, a truly terrible experience at the DMV. So, I don't know. I, I do feel I like get it, it can be a hit or miss. Like, if you have an appointment, All mine you can get in. Then. At your appointment time, or you just like don't get in for three hours. <laughs> There's no that's, in between. That's very yeah. It didn't take I was like, as I just long. Spend all day. Yeah, it didn't take as long as I thought. I just like was. It's just very stressful, and like then their computers were slow, so it was like an hour and a half thing, <laughs> and it was just it's just not fun. Why isn't oh, yeah. this online yet? Why isn't the DMV online? I think you got to verify like a million different like proofs of like where you live. And like I did the real ID thing, which I guess everyone has to do. And you have to basically show every piece of paper to prove your existence ever. Damn. But you don't have the, you don't have a birth certificate, right? I don't. You don't exist. So, but I can use a passport. (laughs) (laughs) I technically don't exist, but I have a passport. We're good. I still think I'm in a matrix. Like none of this is real. Like. Mm -hmm. I'm like sitting in the DMV, like 
fuck the system. Like, why do I need to prove who I am anyway? <laughs> like, just let me be a free range chicken in the, in the <laughs> jungles Brooke, of remember, Costa Rica. Remember what we talked about last time? We traded it all in. Remember? I don't remember. We, we, we could have farms and cows <laughs> and never oh, yeah, have to sit yeah, in traffic, right. but Ro wanted technology. Uh, technology is pretty cool, <laughs> you know? I, Listen, I just, you know, when you didn't great. have to have all these proofs of like identification, you could like get away with anything. Okay, so you want to kill someone? <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I just said anything. You're like, you know, it was just easier to be a serial killer. <laughs> it, it I was, always think actually. about that though. Like when you see these documentaries on Netflix, and I'm just like, damn, yeah. they literally just hopped a plane, didn't need anything. Like, and then some of these people are still like missing. I'm like, what yeah. a time. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, only a matter of time until they put chips into us and they track our every movement. Actually, and it's great. speaking of I that, I saw some really interesting <laughs> prototypes where, of course, it's a fucking Tesla thing. Sorry if you own a Tesla. <laughs> he, put, but he put the chip in his hand. Yeah, and it unlocks his yeah. car and like all this <gasps> stuff. And yeah, I was like, is. this is oh. this is so gross. This is freaking like, me dude, out. Just keep your keys next to you. Yeah, like it's how is that, that so hard? hard? Wow. Wow. I don't know. People are going to be cutting off his hand yeah. to steal his car. <laughs> That's true. I was just about to say that. You can't you know? steal it. We're going we're gonna to have a, <laughs> what would the, what would the criminals like name be? You know how they always give him a name? The Hashling Slasher. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. We should start Shout a crime podcast. <laughs> we don't need to talk about no, no, other no. weird shit. Like, <laughs> I already yeah. feel like we uh, cover a lot of our bases here. Definitely, for sure. Poop, stomach stuff, uh-huh. muscles. Crime. It's all good. Crime. <laughs> yeah. Well, Crime. Brooke, since you obviously need it, are you drinking? What are you drinking? <laughs> I am drinking. You better Amazing. believe it. It's literally 2.30 here, and it's so funny because I never drink anymore, and I was like, fuck it. We're recording, and it's been a day. So this is a local cider I found at the farmer's market. They're called Son of a Bear, and an adorable older couple started this with their son. Their son studied wine and has a winery, and I guess they also make oh, cider cool. out of the same place. And so it's from Virginia, Rapadian, Virginia. And this one's called Hopping on a Bear Plane, and it's a semi-dry cider with hops. So it like kind of gives you, huh. it's not super sweet, it kind of gives you like a little IPA vibe, but not IPA overly type, hoppy. Yeah. Nice. That sounds really good. It does. Ciders, ciders got. Uh, I got really into them as I was leaving New Mexico because I was like, they're just crisp, mm-hmm. you know. But they mess me up just because they have so much more sugar in them. So if I like bomb them the next day, I'm like, oh god, I'm so dehydrated. Yeah, I can only do like one. row. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like some of us don't just have like five drinks in a row. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you either gonna do it all or do it not, you know? So, uh, yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> I was going to drink, and then, you know, because I it was like, one of us has to carry this podcast, so I'm glad that you were drinking, because um, <laughs> it's 11.30 here, and originally we were supposed to go at 10.30, so last night I had some Buffalo Trace to make up for it nice. this morning. Uh, I love Buffalo Trace. I had it the first time, like a year ago, when I came to, when I was working with the Cardinals, actually, and I was with hang, hanging out with Evan. But uh, yeah, it's like smooth and then it has like a nice kick at the end. And uh, I finally got to use my little whiskey glasses that Casey got me for uh, passing my comps. 
that have like my name and stuff on them. So it was nice. I did it as I cooked some gourmet burgers uh, and enjoyed my <laughs> my little night duties. being a staying at home boyfriend. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was like I do enjoy cooking, you know. And every now and then it's just like nice to pour like some alcohol and just like okay, I'm in my zone. I'm feeling cooking, whatever. So so uh, sophisticated. Yeah, right now, I know, I know. I'm I'm a fancy. I'm a bushy bitch. <laughs> Uh, but this is like, this is just a, cause I really wanted ginger for some reason. This is, uh, a mule without any vodka on it, in it. So you made a it's my own mineral cocktail. Yes. Oh, yeah. Look at Ro. We knew that he really wanted to do this. I mean, it's literally just what I had three days ago when we podcasted without vodka in it. So proud of you. So, yeah. Hashtag health. Hashtag health. <laughs> um, well, I am not drinking and I was going to bring water. I am drinking some water, but <laughs> I was going to bring a kombucha with me and I forgot it. But Ooch. tonight I'm going to a tapas and wine bar. Barn? Oh, fun. Barn? Bar? You said bar. <laughs> I think you said bar. Yeah. Um, and so I'm going to have me a little drink there. Look yes. Make sure you take a picture and post it. This is what I would have had if we were podcasting us. at the restaurant. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah at 6 p.m. <laughs> yes. Um, awesome well cheers Cheers. glad you're drinking Brooke (laughs) look at me (laughs) you deserve it freaking that's a rough day Um, but we do have a question of the week and it is is it okay to eat near your bedtime who wants to take it first I'll I'll go first I vote yes I think um, I'm a big fan of bedtime snacks I just don't recommend having a really large meal before bed mm-hmm. so that you do have time to digest. And because food signals to our circadian rhythm, like it's time to be awake. We're going to digest and do our thing. So, you know, if you're eating dinner at like six and you're not going to bed till 11, that's a big chunk of time. So I yeah. am pro bedtime snack. What about you guys? I would also say yes, six and then because wow. the last thing you want to do is go to bed with your stomach growling. <laughs> Like you're not going to get a good night's rest and that's really going to be bothering you. So I'm also a big fan of bedtime snacks. Um, like Brooke said, you know, maybe you don't want to eat um, a super large meal because then you might be uncomfortable. But we definitely want you to be able to go to bed feeling good <laughs> and satisfied. I'm like, what's that like? Because I'll eat dinner at like 8-ish, 8.30, especially in case you works, and then go to bed at like 10, 30, 11 and... I could eat and fall asleep at like nine if I really wanted to. I've never been someone who's like, oh, my stomach feels weird. I can't sleep. Just eat and pass out. So it's interesting to hear that. uh, that Bro, do you have any problems? Mentally, yeah. (laughs) Because he's always like, oh, yeah, my GI is great. I can just fall asleep wherever. Um, Okay. Doesn't drink coffee. I'm like, what the hell is going on with this dude? (laughs) I I am missing my pre-workout, so I have been having half a cup of coffee for the gym. But I'm like, man, I really miss my my scoop of something. So I'll probably get some soon. Well, yeah. (laughs) Physically, I'm all right. Physically, Rose, fine. I don't know. It all catches up to me at some point. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm sure. We'll be here for you when it does. I'll probably outlive both of you somehow, so it's all good, you know. <laughs> he would never tell us, anyways. We'd have to like yeah. call Casey, and he's like, "Oh I, like, yeah, have like diabetes for forty years." I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like eating cotton candy just to spite you, but also dying on the inside when I'm doing it. Yeah, yep, mm-hmm. that would definitely be you. 
Well, today, yeah. Ro is going to enlighten us all, again, with his Myokines <laughs> knowledge. If you've never heard of Myokines, you're definitely in for a treat. We've talked so much about why exercise is healthy for you, but now we want to talk about how the benefits actually occur. So how does the brain, gut, or fat cells get the signals to get to work or change? That's what we'll be going over today, and this is definitely going to be a two-parter, so you're going to want to stick around for the next one. It'll come out later, and if you think of any questions while we're doing this podcast, definitely DM us and let us know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> First question for you, Ro. <laughs> what is a myokine? Yeah, so uh, <laughs> myokines are uh, w- kind of, I guess... The second thing that really got me into into research, because um, I think I've talked about like muscle physiology, but myokines are are um, to put simply like how the muscles send signals out to the body. Um, but before we get into that, like we have to understand what a cytokine is, because a cytokine is a myokine. So a cytokine is a messenger molecule of the immune system. Um, so they're proteins that are produced by cells. Uh, that mediate and regulate immune and inflammatory reactions. Um, so cyto meaning cell, kind meaning movement. So that's how we get cytokine. Um, and cytokines are like really cool because it's all just messengers being sent out, telling the body to do something, right? So when you are sick, your cytokines increase in general so that we're like, oh, let's send out more white blood cells. Let's increase this immune response to make you better. And then as you are getting more healed, less sick, <coughs> excuse me, um, then more pro-inflammatory or anti-inflammatories are going to come out. So they're going to say, all right, the signaling has hit its peak. Let's wind down. And so nothing in the body is just like this free-flowing thing. Everything is mediated by some sort of signal. And so cytokines are these messengers that play super important role in making sure that everything is doing what it needs to be doing. So cytokines are uh, pleiotropic, redundant, they can synergize, and they're antagonists. And pleiotropic just means that they have like multiple effects or functions. So when we talk about like IL-6 later, um, we'll talk about how it is a pro-inflammatory, but also an anti-inflammatory. They're redundant, which means that different cytokines can have the same effect. So IL-6 and IL-7 and uh, ILF, I believe, all play a role in muscle hypertrophy, right? So if, even if one isn't as upregulated, we have two other ones saying we should be getting bigger now. Uh, they can synergize, meaning that they can combine to act on a cell, and then they can antagonize. So one cytokine can block the other one. So like myostatin is a, is a pretty big uh, cytokine that tells the body not to grow, specifically muscle hypertrophy, but decorin can act on it. Uh, so it acts on it, uninhibiting it or I guess inhibiting it, so that you can continue to grow. Um, And you can classify cytokines in a couple different ways. You have like your interleukins. um, Those are inflammatory. They regulate TNB cells. So right there, we're thinking like inflammation response, right? So all of our ways to fight off sickness or maybe get too sick. uh, Because if, you know, in things like cancer where the inflammation is too high, there's no checks and balances, then we have too many things that come out you can get an autoimmune disease we have chemokines uh, those regulate migration of lymphocytes uh, they promote growth of veins 
uh, and inflammation, so kind of redundant there as well. <clears throat> we have interferons, which uh, definitely help with anti-proliferative effects. So this is where you think about how um, cancer is this unchecked proliferation of cells. Well, interferons may help to reduce that because they're saying like, no, 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 we can't be uh, growing and and sending ourselves out. So this is our job to keep things in check. You have tumor necrotic factors. And these are non-specific immunity and pro-inflammatory chemokines. So it just says like, hey, everything go, right? So I'm sick, boom, TNF is up. I, I work out really hard, boom, TNF is up because we're like some sort of response has happened and I need to just upregulate the healing process or like the the I guess the healing process is the best way to think about it, but definitely the the messengers uh, that need to be sent out. And then we have tumor growth factor betas, um, and that's stimulating growth of fibroblasts and the extracellular matrix. So it's really just thinking about like growth, and we call it tumor growth because I think they were found in cancer cells originally, but Growth is a good thing. We do need it. It just needs to be checked by other things. So in general, <laughs> those are cytokines, right? Those are proteins released from cells. What a myokine is, it's more specific to exercise, more specific to the muscle, because these are signals that are released from the actual muscle. So there are kinds everywhere. We have adipokines, which is proteins released from fats. We have myokines, we have uh, lymphokines, there's a ton of different stuff. Um, but this is also why we think about exercise as medicine, right? Because if I can get bigger muscles, if I can train them, if I can consistently get them to work, then there's going to be this overall benefit that is going to keep me healthy. Um, and that's where myokines come in. So specifically, they're produced and secreted through the sucretome of muscle cells. Uh, and I just love that they can directly affect like the anti-inflammatory response, how they directly play a role in insulin signaling, type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease, obesity. Like it's just crazy to me to think that like exercise and specifically the contraction of muscles is not just like for show, mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's so that we have the system that regulates our health that gets us to live long and prosperous lives and you know the easy sell is big muscles look good you want to look good naked whatever but the reality is that like it just plays a huge role in uh in every aspect of your life and how you feel so um yeah i think that's myokines are so sick and that's kind of what got me into them a couple years ago yeah i wish i did more research on them like actual research but then COVID happened and i was like okay we gotta mm -hmm. figure out some other things yeah explanations like this always remind me of like if we do think oh exercising or eating a certain way is just to look a certain way yeah. we miss out on all this extra like juicy information of what our bodies are actually doing and like how freaking cool it is i just think it's such like a thief of joy to to just think yeah. like oh i'm just gonna look a certain way of like no i mean like think of all the other things that your body is doing for you because you're choosing like these health promoting behaviors mm -hmm. yeah. 
crazy. So myokines play a big role in everything, it seems like. Can you give us examples of some of the most well-understood myokines and what they do? For sure. So I think uh, uh, this was, I think, last week. Brooke sent um, this video where someone was talking about myokines. And uh, she was like, I just think it's it's crazy and cool to think about how it's like an endocrine organ. And in my mind, I was like, uh, you know, I was like, yeah, duh, what? And then I was like, oh, yeah, like this isn't common knowledge. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I've never heard it, it talked I, about that way. And yeah. it was like mind blowing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was talking to Casey and I was like, how is this? And she's like, I don't, I don't even know. Like I listen to every episode and I try to take it all in, but I don't remember like half of the stuff you talk about. How do you expect people to like know the things that like, you know, really well. And yeah. I was like, oh yeah. Okay. That's a good point. Ro uh, needs that humble reminder. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, everyone needs to know everything I know and more. Uh, but no, it really got me thinking that like, cause that's when we started to talk about the episode because um, it's only been recently that people have started to look at skeletal muscle as an endocrine organ because every time you put yourself under a contraction, you know, specifically like resistance training or even running, right? Those are just smaller contractions over a long period of time. You're going to induce some sort of change. We know that from a fuel standpoint, right? You got to eat to be able to perform from a volume standpoint. You got to not beat the shit out of your body to be able to do it. But from the standpoint of like an endocrine organ, these movements have to be done so that we are sending out proper messages to the body. Um, And, you know, I laugh because it's like that is like the nerd way of looking at exercise. But like it's probably the best way, you know, like like I said, the easy sell is like, yeah, big fucking biceps. That's easy. But you're like, oh, actually, you want it for brain health and blah, 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 like in gut health like yeah it's a good like, thing but it's boring. just not it's not <laughs> sexy right <laughs> yeah i want a big fucking chest um but it's true that like exercise uh, induces this endocrine response because of all the roles that the myokines play so some of the big ones are il6 and il7 and we've definitely talked about il6 uh, especially when it comes to like the muscle damage uh podcast or episode um i think the recent one with testosterone um, but IL-6 is, is, was like the first one that was found. So it's like the most abundant one. Um, and it's both pro and anti-inflammatory. So it's interesting because as a cytokine, when IL-6, uh, signals macrophages, it is pro-inflammatory because when we are sick or we have high amounts of fat, IL-6 levels tend to be very high. And that's telling the body, like we are inflamed. I'm just going to keep inflaming myself right uh obviously not a good thing because that can lead to things like diabetes arthrosclerosis rheumatoid arthritis and different infectious diseases especially if you are consistently sick for lack of a a better word um and il7 as a cytokine does help with t-cell development um so back to our immune system um, but it's probably like also playing a role in bad t-cells right especially when it is um, uh, just increase because you are sick. But that's them as cytokines. That's when they're released from the cells that are not specifically muscle cells. As a myokine, uh, they play kind of different roles or maybe opposite. It's just easier to think of opposite roles. 
So when you're exercising, you can produce like five to a hundred times the amount of myokines that you do when you're just not doing anything. Um, and even though it does have like this role within the immune system, uh, it does have a role within metabolism. So IL-6 as a myokine is going to help with AMPK to say like, hey, I need more fuel, right? I'm going to take more uh, glucose up from the blood. I'm going to be able to perform longer. And this is going to send more signals down to AMPK and more signals down to mTOR to activate certain whatever processes. Um, but for overall health, what we're doing when IL-6 is released as a myokine is it becomes more anti-inflammatory. So it's just cool to think about when you have consistent increases in inflammation, specifically IL-6, you are sick, right? There are these processes that are going to um, decrease, you're going to get more sick, it becomes like a pretty terrible cycle. When you exercise and you spike these levels way higher than they are normally, even when you are sick, that sensitizes the signals that IL-6 as a myokine like uh, effect. And because it sensitizes that, we're going to have our basal levels of IL-6 decrease. Because it's like, oh, okay, well, I have more receptors. I'm going to take more of it up. And so we become less inflamed over time. But it's that because I exercise, I put out this giant inflammation or IL-6 uh, and IL-7 uh, signal. Now my body knows like, whoa, I, that's so high. Now I have to get rid of all the other bad stuff that I have going on because of an IL-6 cytokine. So it's just like really cool to think about how cytokines or IL-6 itself plays vastly different roles depending on where it's excreted from so you know that's why people say like oh inflammation is bad like yeah if it's consistent and if it's like low grade and if it's over 10 years or two years whatever but when you exercise you become very inflamed but that's a good kind of inflammation it doesn't last long and then it helps you to become better um, and obviously that's different for uh, i think we talked about in the last episode where if you have like an autoimmune disease or something where like inflammation is painful and like these things are not good, then you have to take that into account. But for someone who is healthy, doesn't have to think about that, um, then you're just thinking about like, fuck yeah, exercise is like doing its thing and and really helping me to stay healthy. Mm -hmm. uh, so IL-6 and IL-7 are like the big, the big two. Um, and then we have like a, a bunch of ones that are going to play different roles. So like IGF-1 and FGF-2 are going to help with bone growth. Uh, LIF is going to help with muscle hypertrophy. Um, irisin is pretty great because I, if I remember, I heard about this in class. Irisin was either like found in the eye or also plays a role in eye health. Um, and that's why they call it irisin because it's like the iris of the eye. But um, more specifically, it helps with like the browning of fat cells. Now, I don't think that browning really happens um, with adults, with human adults, uh, but there may be some evidence that it makes your fat cells healthier, uh, gives them more mitochondria to, to be able to um, give more energy a lot faster. But I think that that's not something that I like would put like my flag down on just yet. I think there still needs to be a lot more done. Uh, we talked about how myostatin um, decreases the ability 
for muscle to grow and then how decorin acts on that to get rid of it so that we can have hypertrophy. And then the big one that's been coming out for the past couple of years is uh, BDNF, so brain-derived neurotropic factor, which I think we should just do a whole podcast on later um, because it's so cool what the muscles do for the brain. Uh, specifically, like we know that lactate, when you, when you create lactate, when you exercise, that lactate is used by the brain. Awesome. But BDNF itself is a myokine that is released, gets sent to the brain, and then allows for more neural processes to become created. So when you exercise and you live healthier and are more active, uh, you're giving your brain way more brain cells. You're making it more efficient. So that's how, like, when you exercise and you move, you're like, oh, yeah, like, I just, my brain's, like, way clearer now. Like, yeah, because not only did you send a bunch of blood to your brain, you send a bunch of lactate, you gave it fuel, and then also you have these signals that are coming from your muscles saying like, hey, we have to we have to work, you know. Um, so, yeah, like those are, I think, the the big ones that are coming out now. Um, but there's always like new ones that that they're finding there. They just find I don't know what it was called. Uh, I forget. But one that specifically helps with like making sure the heart doesn't have um, some sort of CVD disease. But I don't remember off the top of my head. But. Um, yeah, super cool. How wild cool is it stuff. that we're still discovering stuff about the human body? Oh, yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Some of it is like the technology's gotten so good, right? Because before you're like, ah, eh, like in this Eliza or this blood, whatever, that's just artifact. But the more you can dig deep down and run new things, like that's all my biochem friends that they're like so good at that stuff. I do not. I don't understand it. I'm like, this gives me something awesome. (laughs) But they're like, no, no, you have to use this, 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 blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't care, man. Like, that's so cool for you. But I just need to know what's going on in the blood right now. It is super Uh, cool. I I think I just got really overwhelmed in biochem. Because, like, if you think about the human body as a whole, I was like, holy crap. Like, looking at all the metabolic pathways and, like, we had to memorize Mm -hmm. them and know all these different things. It was really overwhelming. But if I don't Mm -hmm. have to do it for school, I'm like, this is pretty freaking rad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, pretty sweet. Yeah. (laughs) Like, we were, like, what, 20 years old when we were in biochem? I think that's also crazy to think about of just how – there's so much going on in your life at that time, and I think college in general is just an insane uh, time of your life, but now that we're kind of like out of it and in our careers, I feel like we do have this space to intentionally like learn about these things, and oh, we yeah. can actually absorb it because we're not like also stuck in history class and English class for no freaking yeah. reason. <laughs> like, Your gen eds, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Super interesting. Oh, man. So, Ro, you mentioned that muscle... Um, can now be seen as an endocrine organ. Can you explain a little bit more about that? Yeah, so, I mean, endocrinologists are going to, like, understand this way more than than I ever will uh, because mine is in the context of exercise and muscles. and like theirs is just straight hormones, right? Um, but the endocrine system, and, and you two work with hormones, so, like, you know all about it as well. Um, our main three are going to be the hypothalamus, pituitary, and the thyroid, right? Like, especially the the people think about like hyperthyroidism like and hypothyroidism those play a, a massive role in how your your hormones play uh the role that they're supposed to or they're not so it's almost 
it's not almost, it is just like that, right? Because the muscles themselves are sending out signals based on feedback they're getting. So in exercise, we know that growth happens because of the actual contraction. So when I am doing a bicep curl, I'm taking mechanical tension, turning it into uh, a chemical reaction, and that is getting sent. It's actually electric and then chemical, but it doesn't matter. Uh, and then that gets sent off to do something, right, which is to actually contract again, to uptake uh, fuel in order to continue that action. Um, but there's something else that's going on, and that's the secretion of these myokines. So when we think about signaling in the endocrine system, you either have auto, autocrine, paracrine, or endocrine signaling. And autocrine is when the uh, signal molecule binds to the receptor on the membrane of the same muscle. So a myokine working on the muscle is going to be an autocrine uh, signal because it's right there. Right? I don't have to go anywhere. Uh, uh, a paracrine signal is like, well, we have blood that gets pushed into the muscle those endothelial cells getting the signal molecules from the myokine are going to be paracrine because, oh, well, if I have bigger muscles, I'm going to need bigger veins. How do I do that? Probably these myokines. And then you have the endocrine signaling, which is what we think of more as when we think of hormones. If I exercise, I'm going to have that BDNF increase, and that's going to go to my brain. Like, how, how the hell does that happen? How does what's happening in my leg get sent to my brain? And that's, that's when you start to think of it as an endocrine organ because the pituitary, the um, hypothalamus and thyroid all work in that way where they send signals through the blood, it gets to where it needs to be, and then the growth or whatever happens. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's why things like BDNF are becoming so huge because it's like, how can we keep our brain healthy? It's not just using our brain to do puzzles and stuff like all that's really great and think critically, but exercise itself is going to send an endocrine signal through the blood to the brain. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just a hormone, really. The gains hormones. Bang, bang. Never knew. I never <laughs> Have knew. you ever heard of the book Spark, either of you? Yeah, yeah. I, I loved that book twice. and I think anyone who works in health should read it because I thought it was like good at kind of connecting the dots between exercise and mood and brain and development. I, I liked it a lot. Yeah. The main thing was like, like you had to give kids their time to play mm -hmm. and exercise because then their test scores got better. Everything about their intelligence got better. And yeah, that's like, that's a simple message move more, think better, right? <laughs> like it, it, we'll talk about specifics a little bit later, but yeah, I mean, you, you don't feel your best when you've sat down for eight hours yeah. staring at a screen, you know, like that's why those breaks are really good. And then also just not doing the work every now and then is, mm -hmm. is good for your brain. Yeah. Definitely I think, better. I mean, I'm sure there are people out there doing it, but I think it would be really interesting to see what it looked like if we did incorporate more breaks into our day of, even oh, yeah. just like starting out in elementary school and middle school of what it would really look like to not force us to just like sit and focus for eight hours straight. Cause I know that we're talking about that more of just like how we're not meant to do that. And especially like with mm -hmm. kids, you're kind of like taking that creativity away from them where 
I think I heard some schools starting to like allow them to choose like what they really want to like get into and study because like that's what it actually excites them, which I think is really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And like even stuff like fidget spinners, when those things came out, yeah, people were like, oh my God, so annoying. But at the same time, like if it gets you to move and focus on something else, like most of the time that's good, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> like, cause then it's just like yeah. eight hours of blue for <laughs> square root. Oh, hypotenuse you know? <laughs> yeah terrible oh god um, what was the what was the, uh, the quadratic formula do you oh guys remember that oh my god yes no. i don't remember i mean i don't, I don't remember, remember how to do it but i remember the name <laughs> it's like negative b plus or minus the square root of golly fuck i don't know i'll have to google it later i just don't <laughs> understand like unless All of our two like, unless you're gonna be a mathematician or like something that needs why? that like why why did i waste so much yeah. time doing that <laughs> I agree with that. And then a part of me is also like, you do learn critical thinking. You know what I mean? Like, no, I, I literally just learned rage. I was, this <laughs> yeah. is not, like, that was How not. Do you, what does critical thinking have to do with the quadratic formula or whatever you yeah, just I don't said? know. Yeah, I don't know. But it, I, I, this is definitely another thing. But I talked to someone a couple years ago who said, like, education is, like, fairly new as well. So they're always learning, like, what is good what is bad well i'm glad we were their test well. subjects i would like to provide my <laughs> yeah. feedback it was awful yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey we've all we, did, we all went to public school right we did pretty well we're no, well, I was a private I, we're doing well kid. i was private school. oh my god oh, that course, explains Brooke. so much <laughs> <laughs> I was Damn, in school wow. until high school, and then I wanted to like mm. there was I, I wanted a real high You wanted to not be a fucking loser. I yeah. can't believe Brooke hid this from us. How did you guys not know this? I feel like I've talked I about like some of the crazy, ridiculous things. Like I went to a school where like dancing was like you were possessed by the devil and i couldn't show my kneecaps okay like y'all don't even know the half of it Brooke, oh my God. Brooke grew up in footloose that's fucking crazy and then like does it make sense to like where i am today you needed to break yeah. free butterfly you needed to get out there. that's why you're such a woo woo person She's like, like, i can oh, dance now yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah you're uh you're reels lately i'm like i just am watching that i'm like oh is that her back dancing in the background if you can call it dancing it's yes it's moving. dancing it's static dance it's ex- authentic intuitive expression Brooke Ro. Ex- <laughs> she's expressing herself fair 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 because okay, her very fair. strict catholic school did not let her <laughs> oh my uh, that'll do it wow do well it. i loved that tangent yeah me I, too, could, I could talk about that all day long i learned so much yeah <laughs> so because it is an endocrine organ what are the effects of not having enough muscle mass or what would be the benefit of building more muscle mass and how would that affect myokines good question so i i think it's nine times out of ten it's always going to be better to have more muscle yeah right like if you have more muscle generally you have less fat as well and that in general is going to make you a healthier person from uh, maybe not mentally right (laughs) but uh from uh just from like a, a Pro- metabolic processes standpoint now if you have more muscle right you can start to think about well if i have more then i technically have more secretomes um so i can release more myokines and if i can release more myokines then my brain is going to maybe get more bdnf my endothelial cells are going to get maybe more uh was ilf2 or lif like just these things that are very important for growth 
Um, and so I think that's part of why the easiest sell is like just get you to put on more muscle because we know that muscle is going to help with insulin. It's going to help with hormones. Um, and now we know that it helps and really regulates myokines. So it's like, you know, why would you not want to be your healthiest and strongest self? Well, even if you didn't, like more muscle is always going to to help that. Mm -hmm. Now, if you have less muscle, then the opposite is true, right? Then you're going to maybe have a more inflamed system because you're not going to get those spikes of IL-6 or uh, myokines that come with exercise. So you're not going to be as sensitive to it as you might be if you exercise harder and have more exercise or have more muscle. But I, you know, I don't know if there's like a perfect number, you know what I mean? And too much of a good thing is also a bad thing. So at some point, you know, being all muscle and no fat is not healthy either. And then maybe your myokines are overexpressed and then we're having something else go out of whack. Um, yeah, that was yeah, kind of going to be my know. like follow up question here. I'm thinking back to the bros in the weight room in college who were definitely on some shit and they were just oh, yeah. like <laughs> massive amounts of muscle, but they had a lot of other health issues that started to happen because it was like too much muscle. Like, yeah. do you think there's like too much of a, a good thing or is that really just like there's a lot of other health issues that come along with that? It's not necessarily like mitochondria yeah. or anything related. Yeah, so I don't think that would be myokines, right? I think that if you're on shit, uh, go to the testosterone podcast, right? That episode, like, if you're on shit, like, we didn't talk about, like, the negative health effects that, or we didn't talk as much of it. Like, yeah, like, building muscle is great, but if you are on stuff, then it's going to build muscle everywhere. That includes the heart. You know, your ligaments become a bit weaker if you don't train them the same way. And then, like, testosterone doesn't just play a role in muscles like you will get a bunch of acne you'll get a bunch of stuff that may not be uh, that great for you now if you want to be a giant beast and you're like i don't give a shit about acne i don't give a shit about how my digestive system feels i'm like great go do what you want to do you know that's that's what you've chosen your life to be awesome i wish i looked like you but like i'm not willing to put my my health at risk at least right now i'm sure in like 10 years that'll change um just to look a certain way but i don't think that you can pin any of that on like myokines themselves um just because in general myokines are going to be a, a net positive um especially if you're exercising you know um yeah it's a good question though it'd be interesting to see if like how anyone on like juice might uh release myokines compared to like someone that's not do they do a lot of research on people like that or not really because it's technically illegal on like testosterone and and well and like people like who that. are on steroids yeah yeah i it uh <laughs> no because it is difficult one because like it's hard to find people that are willing to admit that they are on mm -hmm. it uh two if people are on it most of them aren't doing it like the right way and then three if you're like oh well i can control this i'm gonna give testosterone or steroids to these people I don't know. You got to have a pretty lenient IRB to be like, yeah, we can we can let you do that. You know, it might sure. fuck up their life depending on how long you do it for. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just role. one of those things. Where, yeah, I mean, for sure. I think people are like, absolutely stick me, you know, but the uh, would be first in line. The review board would be like, I don't know, man, because we know that there are potential like health 
uh, not benefits, detriments that come from using steroids or something like that. So, um, mm. yeah, it is difficult. For, I mean, I couldn't even get a CBD thing done. You know yeah. what I mean? That's such it's a pain. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I hope that all changes one day. Yeah. I know there's yeah. a lot of people trying to, like, get better access to research. So hopefully it does. Uh, yeah. Mm. Someone else take up my mantle and <laughs> run with it. Take my Rose cross. going to go back to school <laughs> so he can do another dissertation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It would just be like a normal study. I would just be like, hey, you know what? Here's the here's the <laughs> product. Just let me know what happens. Mm-hmm. Like I don't. Nah, I'm not doing another dissertation. Fuck that. But uh, yeah. So, Ro, does this change at all as we age, or is it really just dependent on the amount of muscle mass you have? Yeah. So I thought about this when when uh, uh, we put it in. <sighs> what do you all think happens with like metabolic processes as we age? Just like in general. Well, I mean, I think they all start to slow down over time. So I would assume maybe yeah. that's just kind of what happens here. But also, yeah, like, I feel like if you what I can, like, I feel like we think, oh, I'm just getting older. This is just going to go to shit. Yeah. And if we can continue these habits of weight training a few times a week or whatever it is that we've been doing our whole life wouldn't that just allow us to stay in a good spot where we were still receiving the benefit even if it was a little less than obviously when i was 30 years old <laughs> for sure yeah yeah so yeah I, I i brought that up because that that was my first thought process and i was like well i think whether we like it or not we we age and things slow down right but we have a lot of control over the rate at which that happens especially if you are super healthy, super active, eat really well, sleep really well growing up and you have like these foundational habits that by the time you do hit like 40 or 50 or 60 and you're like, oh, whatever. Like I lived a, I'm so strong. I'm so healthy. Like I'm, you know, not 60 and in a wheelchair. Like how many, how many 60 year olds do we know where it's like, dang, like that's still fairly young. I know, like I say that like 30 and 40 is old all the time, but when people are living to like 90, maybe 100, shout out Sister Jean, she just turned 103, like, damn, that's still 40 more years and you're just going to like give up, be decrepit. Yeah, you know what I mean? Not give up. So, I, I mean, but like sometimes some people like give up, right? And and it's not it, whether or it you was just like because accept, they chose like, to oh, or I'm not. 60. Yeah, accepts that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably a better word there. Um, I wonder how many 60 plus year olds listen to this. Shout out to our <laughs> old people. Or, oh my gosh! I don't know. I don't. I don't know. You what just your said that it was very <laughs> sixty is very well, young. You I, just said I was that. gonna say. I was gonna say geriatric, and I was like, I don't know if that's like PC either. Like, I don't know, man. They call anyway, like women uh, like geriatric pregnancies after thirty-five. So yeah. apparently, we're just chopped liver after thirty-five anyway. Bang bang! This house. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> back to the question geriatric. though. <laughs> 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 yeah, I've been geriatric since I was eighteen. Uh, yeah. So I mean, like, I think that the. Uh, eventually your your receptors like you you just stop creating as many right the sensitivity of them doesn't is not as sensitive i think that just comes with like the wear and tear of like being a human and every second of every day your body's trying to keep you alive so Mm -hmm. like of course things are just gonna like not be as efficient as they were in your prime of like you know 16 to 30 or whatever um so i think that that's gonna play a role in it for sure 
Now, the other thing is whether we keep exercising or not, all the data suggests that sarcopenia happens regardless. And sarcopenia is like the, the deterioration or the death of muscle cells. This is why we get weaker, you know, we, we become more brittle. The thing is like, it's hard for me to, when I look at it from like a critical standpoint, like how many people though are staying exercising and being super healthy until the day they die? You know what I mean? Like, of course, sarcopenia makes sense because we are slowly <laughs> dying every day. Um, okay, more but, but okay. Well, I mean, like, am I wrong? Oxygen is poison to us, you know, like <laughs> over time. Uh, but like if you exercise and like strength train and do all the things we say you're supposed to do for your whole life, like how much sarcopenia actually happens? Like, I don't know. Is it like a minimal? Because because like, you see some people that like, you know, old men that still look, you're like, fuck, I want to look like you mm-hmm. now. <laughs> you know what I <laughs> you mean? You need to go look at uh, and... like Paul Check. Like, I'm so impressed by him. I'm like, I think... I don't know. I I was reading some research that I think like sarcopenia is kind of like a self-imposed myth. Like I think that you can continue to build muscle mass as you age. And I think that like it's all about the perspective in my opinion. Yeah. Because is it harder? Absolutely. Like I think without a doubt, but that's like saying like you, I don't know, like, oh, I can't learn new things when I grow old. You're like, no, if your brain can still work, then it can Mm -hmm. still learn new things. And, and so I believe the same thing in, in muscle and, um, that's why I'm, I'm like really cautious of saying like, oh, sarcopenia for sure happens. Like, yeah, maybe, but to what degree? And like sarcopenia doesn't mean that you can't like ever still get bigger, you know? So what is sarcopenia exactly? I don't, I don't know. So um, I think that's an interesting question that we'll probably get more answers to the more we try and study older people, older people that are exercising, older people that are in a disease state um, and then just learn more about myokines. But for sure, the safest bet, as we always say, is to, if you are younger and healthier right now, do everything in your power to keep that up, to become the strongest you can be, because those declines are coming mm-hmm. more than likely at some point down the road. Uh, and then it's really hard to start in your 50s and 60s. We have plenty of people that do it. Those are some of my favorite clients. Shout out to my mom. But like it would have been way easier 20, 30, 40 years ago. Um, So, yeah. And at that point, it's not you're thinking if you're thinking about myokines in your 60s, you're like you're too deep in the weeds. (laughs) Think about your like quality of life. You know what I mean? I think that like maintain like maintaining muscle mass as we age and continuing to move our body is one of the best things we can do for ourselves. I'm convinced. And I always think about my grandparents, Mimi and Granddaddy, who I know Nicole met. Um, They would go to the gym and lift weights into their early 80s. They would get their little sweatpants on and like they would go together to the gym and they (laughs) had their little routine. They do all the weight machines. It It was so freaking cute. And I think that's why they have done so well because they continued to focus on moving their body and and lifting weights Mm -hmm. and trying to be as healthy as possible. Yeah, definitely. Like my, my great, all of my great grandparents lived to be like 90 plus. And I really think it was because like 
they were like just working on a farm for so long mm -hmm. and they were just they just had to be active they just had to move and you look at the difference between like you know both my grandmothers passed away rest in peace miss you guys so much but my grandfathers are alive and they did hard work they did labor work they were landscapers my other one's like a janitor but my grandpa just up until recently was still riding his bike like 20 miles a day just Jeez. for shits and giggles like oh, awesome. there's something i have to do mm -hmm. like as soon as you stop doing stuff like that like things don't go well i don't want to say you die but like <laughs> how, how many people retire and then like pass away six months later because they're like oh i just stopped doing yeah. things um so yeah but i think we should have a whole episode on like aging that would be oh, I like that sick idea. And, yeah we'll mm -hmm. definitely we do, that. do that yeah, yeah. so ro I mean, one, you better buckle up because you're lifting all the time. So you're going to live forever. Um, <laughs> but what would you say to someone who is interested in just getting into weight training so they can have all these benefits? I know we talk a lot about consistency. How many times a week would you say lifting? Like, I don't want to say should, but like if we want to set a goal, like we could aim for doing yeah x amount of lifts per week i think your goal should be doing more if you're doing none right like mm -hmm. whatever that is do it if it's walking once or twice a week when you're doing nothing awesome i know that the american college of sports medicine um talks about the minimums being 150 minutes per week of like moderate to intense ex exercise or 75 minutes of like intense exercise so there's always a trade-off, right? You can either work really, really hard for a short amount of time or like less intense, but for a longer period of time. Um, if you want to reap the benefits of myokines, right? And this is, again, focus on just like the overall quality of life things and less mm -hmm. on myokines. But if you want to think about like, oh, how am I going to create more signals to be sent out to the rest of my body? Um we know that the harder work you do, the increase in like hormones and myokines you have. Uh, so if you're doing like HIIT training, right, that's going to cause uh, an increase in metabolism. You're going to need more energy and that's going to kind of help to upregulate up myokines or vice versa. I'm still not really sure which plays a role on which. Um, but training hard is always going to be a good way of maximizing your benefits for exercise um but for sure being consistent is like is it you know mm -hmm. it, i understand life happens some stuff gets in the way but we talked about in i think it was the last episode how brooke has set times where she's like these are my consistent eating times mm -hmm. but we have to find consistent activity times maybe that's a walk maybe it's going to the gym it just has to be something because we know that if you sit all day, the sarcopenia increases, you become more inflamed, then you get sicker, and then it just becomes harder to fight that uphill battle. Um, but for sure, if you're like, I can only do two to three days a week, like two to three days a week is so much when you think about it, especially compared to the amount of Americans that don't get <laughs> any fucking exercise. Yeah. So it's it's less about like only and being like hey you should be proud that you are 
doing something because that's going to pay off next year, five years, 10 years from now. And we just want to make sure we don't get to the point where we're 60 and being like, dang, I remember I listened to that Health Unfiltered podcast before it blew up and they were talking about how we should have done this and I should have listened to them, you know? And I'll be fucking 90 pumping bicep curls. <laughs> just like, yeah, you should have listened to me. Bang, bang, bang. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, it's one of those things where we make fitness so hard mm. because we overthink things. It's very simple. Find something you like to do. Do it consistently. And if you can do that, the mild kinds will show up. The quality of life increases, whatever. But you do have to, you do have to put in the work. It's just mm-hmm. kind of how it works yeah Yeah, i think that's a really good point and i talked about this recently on a master class and i'd love to hear your opinion row but i used to dig myself this hole where i was like i'm gonna work out 60 to 90 minutes like four to five days a week and like that is just not fucking happening for a lot of reasons yeah and so then i wasn't (laughs) consistent with it and so i really scaled back my activity a lot and so if I get a 30 minute lift in, I'm, I feel good, but I'm much more consistent. And so in my mind, yeah. I feel like that consistency is going to be better over time versus like I have really big, long, dedicated sessions that aren't consistent. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like because how do you if, if you decide one day you wake up and we all have had these moments, right? You wake up and you're like, today's the day I changed my fucking life. And then a week later, you're like, that did not work. Maybe my (laughs) life is just supposed to be this way. It's like, well, no, because if you went from doing zero to four to five times a week, 60 to 90 minutes, like, where the fuck are you going to find that time? But you make those goals easier. You know what? Twice a week. Doesn't matter the amount of time. I just have to do twice a week. You get really, really good at doing that. And then three times a week. Or twice a week still, but then you make it a little longer or you challenge yourself to do something new. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I love that you said that to the people in your master class. Like, that's how it should be done. Um, you know, it's just like so many people are like, oh, I want to bench 225. And it's like, you can't even lift the bar. What are we talking about? There had to be like <laughs> steps before then. Um, but you know, that's just how we are as humans. Like we want things now and we think Mm -hmm. that if I do A, B and C, then it'll for sure happen. But every day is different. Something will always come up. Like you just have to be able to, to deal with it. And and the best way to do that is to just keep things simple and smash the simple things. Mm -hmm. I dig it. Yeah. You just get better and better over time. You just got to take that first up. Yeah. Um, We're like fine wine people. Yeah. I'm like curdled milk, but it's fine. <laughs> Ew. Oh, boy. Well, I'm really excited about part two and how we can even dive deeper here. This is definitely a really interesting conversation. And like I said, it just opens up this door of like all the exercise can really do for us. Oh, yeah. Which is a really, really important conversation to have. But we all are... Cr- currently accepting new clients. Ro is obviously the master of all things exercise and performance. 
Um, me, Nicole, I am a non-diet dietitian helping you know your body better so you can feel better through nutrition and lifestyle support. And then Brooke and the West Nutrition Co. team specialize in supporting active bodies and solving digestive and hormonal symptoms. Go ahead and follow us on Instagram at healthunfilteredpod and keep those awesome questions of the week coming. Please rate us, share us, and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. And that's all we got. Hope you have a great rest of your week. Bro, every time. Brooke, go ahead and take us out, man. Cue that music. (laughs) Uh, Peace out, everyone. Bye.